You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Hey, 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 come on, come on. Black Guy Therapy, we back. <laughs> and we back. Man, I'm going to go ahead and tell you like this, Joe. First off, hello, Joe. How you doing, man? How are you today? Fantastic. Wonderful. It's a great day. Yes. But let me tell you about this. When I hear it, I get choked up. Man. I get choked up. Now, let me tell you, I will go to sleep sometimes, and I have that damn song. (laughs) Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. No, it's it's beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. Yeah. To to see what we've done in the short time. Well, I guess it's almost been... A year now. Well, I guess we're what four? No, 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 no. Yeah, we we, we started November. Yeah, it was October. October, October November, December. Okay, we're, we're six, seven, six, seven months in now. Mm-hmm. We, we're doing all right. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to Black Guy Therapy. If this is your first time listening to us, know that we are a therapeutic podcast. We are uh, a podcast designed for Black men uh, to vent about issues that affect us in our daily lives that we usually do not talk to with others. Yes. Excuse me. We are also here to talk about just black issues in general. Uh, you know, we're here for black men. But hey, if you're, you know, something else and you listen to us and you're trying to give perspective, hey, we may be able to give a little bit. Yes. At least from our point of view anyway. Yes. Agree. So. Um, so let me tell you something. Today, you today, literally, literally, uh-huh. I felt it in my spirit. Okay. So. Obviously, in the past couple months, we've had uh, some shootings. We and our, the most recent one, the was a Brianna. Yeah, what's her name? Brianna Taylor or something? Brianna. We know her first name is Brianna from yes. from Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. or um, Louisville for Louisville. The, the proper people. I'm, <laughs> I'm from. I'm. I was born in Kentucky, so I can say Louisville because yeah. I am a native. I yeah. guess right. Yep. Um, but here's the thing. <clears throat> and I'm going to say this, and I don't care how it sounds, but I'm just going to say it. Preach. Because I feel it in my spirit. Preach, this is, brother. This is the the voices of the ancestors talking through me, asking this question. That's beautiful. How come when we're killed by somebody else, um, you know, in, in today's news, it seems to be, are uh, white brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. police officers, random citizens taking the law into their hands. Mm-hmm. How come it's our fault for getting killed? Yeah. That, that is my question today. How come it is our fault? What do you think about that? So it pisses me off. Here's why. Do you remember... Uh, I guess this is maybe 2010, 11, when Ben Roethlisberger kept getting in trouble and being accused of rape. Yep. And this term shortly thereafter of victim shaming became a thing. You remember this term? The victim shaming term? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't heard in a while, but I mean, I remember. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. So it's weird to me how it's so convenient to create these fail-safes for specific people. But when it comes, like you said, to people that look like us, you and I, people of color, that's out the window. Exactly. There's no fail-safe. There's no victim shaming. You are guilty until proven innocent. For real, for real. And you can have somebody else doing all types of crazy stuff. And they're like, no, no, it was their fault. It was the it was the victim's fault. They did this or she shouldn't have been drunk or she shouldn't have been this. When you got these Harvard or Stanford or whatever these Ivy League schools are, this guy who's on the row team and he's got this bright future. They don't want to send him to jail, but he raped a girl in the alley. Yep. And he got what? Three months, two months, a month, month or something. It was something, something, something ridiculous. Ignorant. Something yes. ignorant. <laughs> yes. So I'm with you. I'm with you. And and what makes me even more angry about that, nobody admits it. No one acknowledges that. It's always glossed over. Well, I'm going to say this. I'm building off your point. 
I do think people admit it, and I do think that people say something about it. However, comma, I think that the narrative gets twisted back to us. It gets thrown back on us as, well, you're making everything about race. Mm, okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? So, okay. so think okay. about that because we could, I think we could, we could talk to people until we're blue in the face about the, the reasons why we shouldn't be um, blamed for things that happen to us. Right. right. Yeah. But I've noticed, and I've had many conversations with many different um, white people j- just about this. And it seems like they all go back to the same thing. It's like, well, why are you making about, why are you making it about race? Yeah. It's not about race. It, this happened because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Not because of the color of his skin. Extenuating circumstances. Skin, right? yeah. yeah. So it's funny you say that. Christine and I, my wife, we've been watching a show called For Life. Oh, man, that's so good. Did you just watch this last episode? This we did. Finale? We did. And it ties directly into what you're saying. And for those who haven't watched the show yet, I'm not going to give any goose eggs away. However, there was a very important part near the end of that episode. Shit, I'm giving the goose head. Go ahead. I know where you're going. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> but they talked very specifically about what we're saying right now. This is, how are you making this about race? I've been doing this job for, what was it, 16 or 26? It's like 26 years. I think it was 26 years, and you handpick, cherry pick these specific incidents that fit your agenda, your narrative that you're trying to create about my character. Yep. This is what the white gentleman is saying. Yep. To the black gentleman. And it's so funny because that, to your point, is exactly what I see happening all the time. The reason we left the church, we left while we were here in Antioch, was because my white brothers and sisters continually did the same thing. Anytime we discussed an issue that pertained to race, there was initially the defensive posture that they took. Yeah. And it shifted from defensive to, okay, well, magic wand, how would you fix it? What would you do? So for me, I have not experienced firsthand the acknowledgement that, you know what, my people consistently throughout the history of this country and even before have been this. Especially pertaining to people that look like you. Yeah. I know I wasn't a part of that. But I also know that I'm a beneficiary of my ancestry because there was no such thing as labor laws. There was nothing to protect the working class. Right. The working class were working for free. We made 100% profit and we're now benefiting from that 100% profit. I've never had a person, a white person, say that to me because if I did, I'd be like, you know what? That's the realest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. From somebody that doesn't look like me. Yeah. I, and, and you know, I, there are some who have acknowledged it. You know, there are there are a few anyway. Um, but in going back and, and, and the show for life is a great this, this is this is great um, because it, it shows a few different things. If you watch it from episode one to 10 or 15, whatever episode 13, five, 13. So yep. whatever the, the finale was. Right. You saw how literally this man is innocent. Mm-hmm. We know he's innocent. Right. But you saw how a system will force you into thinking that you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, back to your point about the last episode, right? As he's talking to him and he's like, A, you cherry picked. B, I know you did all these other things. Mm-hmm. And C, you need to take this deal. Yeah. If not, I'm going, I'm going to come after your people, come after your people. Yeah. Now think about that. Like this man who know, knows he's been doing wrong for 26 years. Right. <laughs> is now saying you either going to do it my way or, or the highway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and, and tell me that's not that old slave master mentality. Absolutely. Right. Mm hmm. Talking about this is the best deal I can give you. Yeah. Right. Like. So again, he made Matt wasn't a Maskins. Yeah. Maskins made it about made it 
what what shit? What's his name? I can't think of his name. I keep wanting to call him Cassius, but Cassius was the bad one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, um, I can't think of his yeah, name. Yeah, it's like, well, damn, whatever his name. Not Fifty Cent, but the other guy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he made it about him and and blamed him. Mm-hmm. You had the club, so it's your fault, right. That you here, right? You know what I'm saying? So it it almost demean demeans black people in general because it's like, well, you had this club, and there were drugs being sold in it, so. It's got to be your fault, right? It's got to be your fault. You shouldn't have had. A, you shouldn't have did this. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have did that. So again, it it's your fault for everything, and that bothers me. And 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 the and the problem is when you see that on TV, it perpetuates a narrative. Yes, and, and it happens in real life. In real life, all the time. And then not only that, you saw the black dude. What the black dude say? Make it go away. Yeah, make it go away. And that was such a that was such a for me. There were two very, very dynamic moments in that episode. That was one. Mm-hmm. Because now, oh, I hate to say this, but it was almost that he towing the gun line boss mentality yep. where it's like, I still need you. Please help me, non-person of color. Yep. You know what I mean? He, he reached out. He was begging, like, fix this. Help me. Make this go away. The other part of the episode that was like, oh, my God, was when the judge, when they switched judges. And that second judge, the brother was the judge now, because first it was that white woman. The brother was the judge and he was going hard on your boy in the, in the early. Episodes in the early episode. Yeah. Yes. He, he went hard on him. Yes. And, and I was telling Victoria about that. I was like, you know, this judge is is the stereotypical like black person in power who has struggled and then yep. they feel that everybody else has to go through the what same, they went yes. through because they went through yes Whereas, and, and that everybody's capable exactly the same way they are exactly yes and i was like you know people don't even realize like white folks don't do that Mm-mm. they somebody struggled but then they got their boy like hey i'm here come on we all come yes example in the white house mm-hmm and Trump never struggled. Let's be real. Right. He was like he's been given everything, but mm-hmm. what's he done? Hey, all my people, come on! Yes. I don't care if you're dirty or not. Come on, yep. let's go. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, but anyway, go ahead. No, uh, the second part was when the brother judge was going hard on him, and at the very end, when he granted him a retrial, mm, gave him the head nod. Gave him the head nod. But he couldn't nod back because he knew he couldn't. He's yes. like he just had to. He just had to acknowledge. Like, <laughs> mm, I want to. I want to throw the fist up, but I can't. Yes. Mm -hmm. Two very, very powerful moments because those are directly correlated to the situations that we're looking at right now. Did you see the delivery driver who the. Yes. The HOA people like detained him in the the neighborhood. Would not allow him to leave. Yep. The audacity, the gall, the nerve of people to feel like the law is theirs to bend to their whim. But you know, and, and I don't know, what was I watching? I was watching something and you know, uh, it said that the, it was a documentary I was watching on HBO actually. Um, but the person, the documentary was about, he said the, the North may have won the war, right? But the South won the narrative. Yes. Absolutely, and we and we know that the narrative is is still is still going on that that white folks are superior, right? And you saw that with with that with that delivery driver, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it was almost as if these white folks went back in time and was like, "Hey, little nigga, where your where your slave papers? Yes. You got to have your papers to prove come it here. Prove it." And we don't have to do that, right? Because white folks going wherever they want to. Oh, hey, neighbor. But we gotta have we gotta have our and I put I'm throwing up air quotes our our papers, papers right? Yep. And there's some historical context to that. Yeah. Like again, all this stuff, all this energy is here. Mm-hmm. It's already here. Yep. It's been here. That slave paper energy was here back in the 1800s. It just came back. Yes. So let me let me try to make this as real as possible. During my time here in Tennessee, I came here in 2006. I worked for Comcast for about, not long, because it was, it was very short-lived because of an incident specifically. But I actually 
did door-to-door sales for Comcast. And I went to White House. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally different now, but. Yes, and this is probably, like I said, maybe 2011. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, it was definitely super white. Then. Super. And small. And very small. Yeah. And I remember telling the person, this it was a white woman who was the super, the I guess she was the, the manager of our team. Or, I, I don't know what the title was. I can't remember, but. I told her, listen, I've, I've been to, it was someplace in Kentucky with one of my teammates when I was shadowing somebody. Mm-hmm. And it was very uncomfortable because I was the only spot of color in the area we were in. And I could tell that people, I don't want to say they were uncomfortable, but it was, it was they made it very obvious that yeah. I didn't look like them. Yeah. When I went to White House, I told her, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm never coming back to an area like this again because I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe. I wasn't given an option. The second time I went out there, it was a, it was a, a white guy, two white guys actually in a, in a, um, geez, an Xterra. Mm-hmm. You remember the, the Nissan yeah. Xterra? Yep. They drove by and one of them yelled nigger out the window when they drove by. Because white folks are stupid and are afraid to just get out the car and say it. <laughs> They'd rather ride by. But but the, letting you know. Letting me know. I, I'm not welcome. Yeah. But then they drove back by. So at this point, I'm like, I don't know what they're capable of. Yeah. I don't know how far this can go. I'm not going to sit around and wait to see what happens. This job, you can have it. If yeah. it comes to that, you can have it. It's a job. Right. I can get another one. And I left and I called and I said, this is what happened. I told you I didn't want to come back out here. This is what you basically, I said, this is what you made me go through. And I said, I didn't want to come back out here. So I'm going home and I don't want to hear anything about it. And it was weird because maybe less than a month later, she left. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, maybe she knew. But because anytime you work for a company where sales are involved, there's these really lofty goals and they hold you to these unrealistic expectations, unfortunately. Yeah. So they don't care about your well-being. No, they're trying to hit markers. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We've got these goals that we need to hit every month. So at the end of the year, when, we, when we're doing our planning at the beginning of the year, we hit this plan. That's all they care about. It's not about a person. It's not about the incidents that you face or that the situations they put you in. And I, and I left and it, I've, I've thought about that for years, for years, because I'm thinking to myself, these folks really just tried to go as hard as they could based on historical evidence that this word when used against a person of color is super offensive, makes them angry, makes them sad, makes whatever. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm going to say. And to your point, I'm not going to man up. And get out the car and do anything. I'm gonna say it in a car driving by. Yep. So, I I don't know, man. It, it but it ties directly to the initial point, which is when something happens. If if I would have been killed out there in White House, the first thing they're gonna say, well, he shouldn't have been out there. Shouldn't have been out there. There were no soliciting signs on the doors yep. and all this other. They would have created this new narrative to make it seem like I was the bad guy. Yep. And that is the problem because anytime well first off it don't make not unless it's something crazy white folks don't really make the news getting killed right by police right because right. hey i mean it happens mm-hmm. but it's not i guess it's not the circumstances are usually different yeah but it and 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 again and and white people say that that we make a lot of things about race mm-hmm but when you start looking at circumstances of of cases <clears throat> that we see on TV that are national media, stuff like that, you start looking at the circumstances and you start looking at the video, it's like, well, well, how in the hell did that happen? Mm-hmm. This is an execution or this, you know, this, this is what it looks like based on the 22nd clip I saw. Yeah. Right. And how do you justify that? You know? Yes. But then again, it, it's still dude's fault. 
like in taking Ahmad. Yeah. Right. It's his fault. Mm hmm. Cause he walked, he walked to a construction site, which I saw the video of him in the construction site. He just walked in, looked at the house like any of us would do if we're, you know, oh, this is a new house. Let me see what how they're building it. Right. Nothing, nothing different about that. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was executed. Right. Because somebody thought he was doing wrong. Right. So it's funny. Did you see what the lawyer for those two guys said today? No. I didn't. <clears throat> he said, um, hey, you know, I think everybody, I think, I think we need to look at the facts of this because, uh, you know, right now we have a bunch of people who are rushing to judgment. <laughs> the, now, I'm paraphrasing, but the he did say, I think we're rushing to judgment on this. Mm-hmm. So tell me. Rushing to judgment. My client or his client rushing to judgment. Mm-hmm. What did they do? Right. <laughs> they rushed to judgment, killed the man. Yeah. And claimed self-defense. Yep. Come on now. And lied again. Lied and and work. And this is the part. So let me back up first. One of the things that pains me most about living in this country is that when stuff happens, and you point it out and the race card is played on the opposite side. When white, when our white counterparts say stuff like, well, why is it always about race? Yeah. There's this weird thing. I really can't explain it, but it's almost like there's this lack of desire to acknowledge things that have actually happened here in this country. And that I don't understand. So I always go back to the same thing every single time. And that's the Tuskegee experiments. This is documented. It actually happened. We know this to be fact, right? Yeah. If this happened, why couldn't some of this other stuff be the same thing? So as a great example, think about Mm COVID-19. People are boycotting. They're angry. They don't want to because realistically, the unemployment rate has hit a astronomical rate. Was it 35 million people? Applied right now, crazy, crazy, right? People in the United States, (laughs) or three hundred and twenty million, something like that. It's a, it's a too large of a percentage. Put it that way, put it that way. But it always just makes me think: at what point will my counterparts say, "Yeah, that happened. Yeah, that happened. This is, this is a possibility, just a possibility." What I what I found to be the case is when those ugly situations happen, there are some really, really good people out there who don't look like us mm-hmm. and they'll be disgusted. Like we're disgusted. They turn the TV off and they tuck back off into the comforts of their home and their life. Yep. There is no action. There's no voice. There's no speaking out. So we're forced to deal with these situations alone. And then when you call somebody to the table that doesn't look like you, it makes you uncomfortable. So when people are uncomfortable, what do they do? They get defensive. I was like, yeah, you just, you just, first off, I'm going, I'm going back in my corner. Mm-hmm. Like, hey man, you're going to get up off me right now. Yes. <laughs> and then I got to come out swinging. Yeah. So I get defensive. And that's what I see happening far too often in this country. So when you see like, and her name was Taylor. Her last name was Taylor. Okay. Beyond the Taylor, right? Yes. Okay. So when you see cases like this happen one behind the other, and you don't hear our white counterparts speaking up as loudly as they are about wanting to get out of this stay at home. Right. It makes me say that is fake behavior. I mean, when you, and I'm going to take you, I'm, a, I'm about to use your home state. But when you can march into Boy, your state capital with guns, not, not only guns, long guns mm-hmm. with high capacity magazines. Yes. Come on now. And you can do that is a that is a crime. That's straight a up. federal offense. You can't do that. Not in this. Not in this state. House. All the people who can have guns in that building are the, the law enforcement yes. people. Yes. But you let all them people walk up in there. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong. Nobody arrested. 
So what does that do for your level of courage? Man, if, if I'm one of them, I'm boosted right now. Boy, you can't tell me nothing. Boy. And it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, those are the same guys who are like, I'm going to die for this. Yes. So those are the same dudes who, which is funny, they'll shoot at the police. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll kill an officer and say they did it for the country. Yes. But we gather over 20 people and God forbid we're armed. They bringing out tanks and, mm. and tear gas yes. and all type of shit. Shutting it down. <laughs> and that's what happened to the Panther Party. Yep. So, for and, and, and let me just kind of touch on that for it. For those who do not know, who have not done any research or any studies on the Black Panther Party, this was not a group of angry black men and women. No. This the started. Why it was called the Black, black Panther Party for Defense. Yes. Yes. Because they were trying to defend people's lives yep. and not only did they just have guns but they did a lot of really important things to assist the community whether it be food and water supplies necessary for survival and just living day to day and because there were no laws and this is one of the things again another one of the things that bothers me about these United States of America when there is no law when it comes to people of color they will create a law and they named the black Panther party a militia. They sure did. And they said militias are illegal in these United States. So to your point, that same group that stormed the state house or the, what was it the state capital? Or the, state capital. The state capital in Michigan. That was a militia. Yep. And I can't remember what city it was. So forgive me, but there was a group uh, uh, another militia group that were they were upset because the Native Americans out west were on their land, and they said it's not fair that they get to have this land. This land should be ours. This is America. We should be able to farm and fish on this land, but we can't because this is Native American territory. This isn't fair. So they went in, they stormed the building, they took it over, a government facility. And one of the guys died because he got into a firefight outside yeah. of all of this. But was that n- in Oregon? It was somewhere out there. It was somewhere <laughs> west. Yeah, I cannot I'll, remember I'll exactly remember. where it was. was. I think that was in Oregon. But it was so weird. Nobody died. Nobody was called a, a terrorist. Yeah. It, it, it's funny how, how in these situations, these folks are they're called patriots. They're not never called terrorists. These are these are patriots. And then the president calls them. Well, I say he he ain't called them patriots, but you know he would probably he, w- he probably would, especially when you tweet and say take back Michigan, right? Yeah. That is that is rhetoric mm-hmm. to arm your people and go get because when you're taking something or take back, if you're taking something back, it has to be by force. It has to be by force. Yes, because I I just you can give me something back. But if I'm going to take it, I mm-hmm. physically have to take it. Yes. By yes. force. And I love I love basketball. Well, sports in general, but specifically basketball analogies. So let's let's break this down. If I'm dribbling down the court and I make a bad pass, and I want to make sure that I'm doing my part to get the ball back for my team, to get that steal back, I have to take the ball from somebody. Literally. Literally take it. There is no, oh, man, I know you, you made a mistake. It's okay. Here's the ball. back. No, it's I messed up, but I need this back. Yep. Let me have that by any means necessary. And sometimes in the attempt to get it back, I foul somebody. Yep. So think about life, real life, America. They took these United States from our Native American brothers and sisters. And because they had more weaponry, our Native American brothers and sisters tried to get a steal and take it back, caused that turnover, yep. but they were outgunned. Literally. Literally. They literally had guns and the natives didn't. Literally. That is, it's, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. Um, you know, especially we're just in a weird time right now. Mm-hmm. So you. I've seen pictures of of white women who will 
who who have held these signs up that say, um, "My body, my choice," because they don't want to wear a mask. So it has like a, it had a mask on it, and it said, "My body, my choice." Really, and I'm like, wow. But this is the same white woman who's like, abortion is the the government should be able to regulate abortions. Like, how do how do you how do you different? My body, my choice for this, but not it's not this. your body, your choice for this. How, how are you able to cherry pick the situation? But then again, I mean, I look at history. And what have they been doing since the <laughs> beginning of the United States? They've been cherry picking situations. Yes, that's, that are beneficial to the cause. That are beneficial to the cause. Yes. So, I mean, I guess it's this is just how these people operate. So let me ask you this because, uh, well, hold that question. Cause we got to take a break. Get a break. All right. Yeah. So I'll we'll come back, back with it. All right. I ain't rapping. <laughs> I'm not a rapper. Break. Not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. Anyway, before we took a break, you had a question. I did. So we, you and I realized, and I think it's not just you and I, but obviously there are some challenges. Yes. With living in these United States. Yes. Specifically, I love how you how you use these United States. Yeah. <laughs> specifically towards people of color. Yes. More specifically towards men of color. What are some action items that you would give to someone that looks like us to not only protect themselves and stay safe, protect their families, keep them safe, but to thrive in this country as opposed to just surviving? Well, okay. That's kind of a loaded question for me. Let me break it down. Yeah. Let me, let me go step by step if it were me. Yes. If it were me, the first thing I would go do well, first I'll make sure I didn't have any. I'll make sure my my record is clean. Okay. Okay. And if my record's not clean, hopefully my spouse's record is clean. Okay. And then the first thing I'm gonna go do is I'm gonna go buy a gun. Okay. That's exactly what I'm gonna do, right? And I'm gonna encourage everybody in my neighborhood who has a clean record to go buy a gun. Okay. Okay. Now I do that for two reasons. One, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book Negroes with Guns. Yeah. No, but we talked about it yeah. in depth. Yeah, yes. so uh, we're going to be armed, okay? Yeah. Because we're not going to let nobody come in here. Bully footing. Because that's what they've been doing, and, and that's what they want to do again. What what has been done will be done again at Truth. some point. Truth. History repeats itself. Always. So first thing, we're going to buy a gun. Second thing, we're going to get rid of all our debt. We're going to try to pay down as much as we can to get to zero. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand, like, you know, you got a house. That's kind of tough. I know some mm-hmm. some people got big mortgage payments. You got to do what you got to do because you got to live, right? Yeah. But all of my other debt, student loans, credit cards, all that stuff, that's going out the window. Like, we ain't, we're going to zero. All that money that I was using for that, screw buying cars and chains and all this bullshit. Goofy stuff. Done with that. We stacking cash. Mm-hmm. Putting it straight in the bank. Mm-hmm. So now I got my gun. I got my cash. I don't owe nobody nothing, right? So now who has the power? The power is starting to shift mm-hmm. back into my favor because when you got debt, well, you got <laughs> you got a, you got a landlord. You gotta, yeah, I'm about to say right? a landlord. Yes, so, absolutely. So what is debt is a form of slavery. It is because I owe you, and and until it's done, I'm still in debt to you, and legally. I'm still attached to you. Yes, legally, and if I don't pay my debt. There are some consequences mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. So pay my debt, get my gun. I am going to do, I'm going to invest. That's that's one thing I'm going to do. And then I'm going to uh, make sure that my whole neighborhood has a critical skill. Now, when I talk about a critical mm. skill, Preach, I'm brother. talking like, I need somebody who can work on cars. Mm-hmm. I need somebody who can farm mm-hmm. or at least garden that can, yeah. that can grow some food. Yep. 
I need somebody. I need a. We got a doctor in our neighborhood. Do, do we have somebody that we can, you know, that can do something just in case something happens? Yes. Because at the end of the day, as my aunt would say, and I know she's listening. Hey, auntie. What's up, auntie? Irregardless of what goes on. Irregardless. <laughs> irregardless of what goes on, we're gonna make sure that our people are safe and mm-hmm. secure in their in their place. And things, yes. Right? So, yes, that's that's what we doing over on my side. I love it too. I, I man, I think that's wonderful advice. Oh yeah, because the unfortunate thing is we we are so displaced with as far as inf- so we talked about the wealth gap several episodes ago. Yeah, and I said on that episode, if the wealth gap is as large as it is, think about the information gap. Oh yeah, as it pertains to wealth. How big that gap is. So what you're talking about is self-sufficiency. Yes. So if the self self-sufficiency gap is as large as it is, think about the information pertaining to. One of the things that I did not know, uh, I didn't get my first credit card till I was maybe 37. Oh man, that was not very long ago. Not at all. 36, 37, something like that. If someone would have taught me when I was 21 years old how to properly use credit, Imagine how many people I could have impacted by sharing that information, not just what I could have done for Joel. Well, if I had that information, I could have done this. That's irrelevant. How can I help other people with this information, share that information, shorten the informational gap as it pertains to finances? Yeah. As it pertains to a self-sufficient, self-sustaining community. What do I know right now? 2020. May, whatever today is, I don't even know. I don't know, 15th, 14th. 14th, 15th. 15th. May 15th, 2020. What do I know right now about a self-sustaining community? Everything that you just mentioned in there is 100% accurate. You got to be able to defend yourself. Yep. You have to be able to feed yourself. You have to be able to take care of the necessities, whether it's car, house, whatever. You need somebody who can build. You need somebody who can fix. You need somebody who can treat patients, doctor, nurse, whatever it is, something. Yep. You need somebody who can be the voice for the community. You need somebody who can defend the community. You need somebody who can play the background and take care of the kids and the other people who aren't able while the people who are defending are out on the front line. You need all of this to have a self-sufficient, self-sustaining community. Yep. So everything you talked about is 100% priority for any community, any neighborhood, any person who's thinking like we're thinking. I guarantee you, if I go down the road four miles that way. <laughs> Preach, brother. Preach. <laughs> I know where you're going. I guarantee you there is one of those people in in the neighborhood, right? What, let's just pick a neighborhood. There's one of each of those persons in that neighborhood. And I bet there's people in those neighborhoods who have multiple skills, like multiple. Yes. I, yes, I can do this. I am this and I have this. Yes. Which we need to get there yeah. too. I can hunt. I can fish. I can clean I whatever it is. I, I have you know what I'm saying? Boat. I have this. I have that. I understand how to navigate open waters. Yep. I know what you can and cannot eat in the jungle or the forest or the woods or whatever it is. We will be okay. Yeah. And, and it's, dude, it's, it's critical. It's critical. You talk about this, this information gap and this, you didn't get a credit card till you were 36, 36, 37. Mm -hmm. I had a credit card when I was 18 years old. That's dope. Didn't know how to use it, but I had enough wherewithal to not only use it only because I'd always been told if you get a credit card, make sure you pay it off every month. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, I was like, I got to pay it off every month. So I would never spend more than than I had because right. I knew I had to pay it off every right. month. But, you know, some people don't get that information, you know, and it's crazy because think about I started building credit at 18. Mm-hmm. Now, that was uh, was it? 13 years ago right but think about some of these folks who have had credit cards or they haven't had credit cards but they've had credit cards and they've been on the credit card since they were 10 9 
So you you've been building credit since you was eight nine years old. Yes. And now when you go to a bank and you say, "Hey, can I get, you know, fifty thousand dollars?" Pristine credit. They're like, "Cool, yeah. you got it." Yep. And we don't have we don't have that wherewithal because again, there's an informa- an information gap. Mm-hmm. Nobody taught us how to do that, no. and we didn't have anybody in the neighborhood that that had that thinking like, oh, hey, let's start doing this. And if they did, they did not share. And if they did, they didn't share because they didn't want nobody else to know. They didn't want nobody else to get ahead. Mm-hmm. And see, I think I think now, especially now, and I've seen it, and maybe, maybe I'm biased because of some of the stuff I follow on social media, but it, it's almost as if now we're starting to go back in time and realize, like, wait, we're stronger together. Yes. And... The more information we have, the the better equipped we'll yes. be to deal with with the country who may or may <laughs> not be attacking us. I don't know, right? Right. <laughs> right. So, so it's 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 interesting because I, I feel as if we're going back to that that group uh, community, and I mean, I'll be real. There, you'll see it now. Um, there are a lot of either black families who who I say black black or minority families, whatever you are. Um, brown skinned people moving into black neighborhoods mm-hmm. or neighborhoods that are predominantly brown skin, um, neighborhoods where people look like them. Now, yes, are we self segregating? Yeah. Is it wrong? I don't know. But we're doing it and it's working for us. Right. Because I can tell you now in our neighborhood, I don't feel, I'm not nervous when I go out and run at all. At all. Like at all. Yeah. Zero, zero fear. And, and that's why when you say self-segregating, is it a right or wrong? For me, I'm with you. I get what you're saying. But it the point you just made is the strongest point that any person of color can make. When I walk down the street in my neighborhood, my life is not in jeopardy. Yep. And the fact that you even have to put that out there as a point is unfortunate. It is. But that's the reality, again, of the country that we live in. And what I wish, I'm going to go back to it, what I wish is that people in power would come out and say things like that, which was my beef with Obama. But let me let me say this, too. I don't think people realize this one very critical factor to any dominant society in life, whether it's the Mayans, the Aztecs, uh, the Romans, the Moors, the 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 Belgian, whoever it is that at some point dominated for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. They didn't just go and share everything they had with somebody else out of the kindness of their heart. They wanted to maintain that power. Yep. That's what power does. Power is does not want to be shared. Power begots power. That's it. <laughs> power doesn't want to be shared. Power sets standards of No, we can only be over here at this time. That's it. That's why when we look at a team like, and and again, I'm a basketball guy, analogies, the Los Angeles Lakers with Shaq and Kobe could have been the most dominant team to ever play in the NBA. There was no big man as dominant as Shaquille O'Neal. And there were guys, specifically Michael Jordan, as good as Kobe, if not better, you know, depending on who you're asking, but... You got most dominant, one of the most dominant playing together and a bunch of guys who bought in. Who can beat that? Yeah, nobody can. But the problem is the power here for Shaq, the power here for Kobe, they butted heads. And they've talked about this a million times. So I'm not saying anything new, but just putting it into context so people understand it on a different level. But see, here's the here's the thing about that, though. Yeah, they butted heads. But 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 what they still do together with button heads, they still want Win. championships, right? Three of them. See, mm-hmm. and and that's, I feel like that's one of our faults as, my I say minorities, um, you know, brown skinned people, right? One of our faults is that if we butt heads, it's like, forget that dude. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go do it on my own. Yep. Well, think about white folks. If they butt heads, they may butt heads. They're mm-hmm. talking about you at their house at the dinner table. Yep. But they still gonna share their money with you because the goal is still the same. Yes, I mean, the, I'm sure the Democratic Party is like that, but the Republican Party, there are tons of Republicans that hate each other. Yeah, 
especially with the the, the old school Republicans and the Trump Republicans. Mm-hmm. They absolutely hate each other. They yes. won't tell you in the media because they know like I'm not going to damage the party. Yes. We need to maintain power. Yeah, exactly. See, we ain't got there yet. Right. Because we still under oppression. If, if we ain't, if we beefing, we beefing. And now I'm going to talk about you to so-and-so. And yeah. now I got so-and-so hating you and I got this person hating you. And now we can't get nothing done. Now nobody wants to work with so-and-so, even though so-and-so yes. has the great plan. Yes. Hey, we, this is what we can do. All you need is well, bodies. Jojo said that you can't, bro. You did this, so I ain't even, I ain't messing right. with you like that. Right, right. And that's the problem. Ain't that crazy? Yep. Ain't that, cr- man. That is the problem. <laughs> and and, it, and again, it's so unfortunate because a lot of the things that impact us as people of color are historical. Yep. And we talk about it all the time. What's crazy though is if we could get out of our own way for just a second and allow somebody else to share some quality information for just a second and to not think, Oh man, they don't, they bogus or they yeah. on some man. They always trying to tell me how to live my life. I, I'm live my there. The way we control popular culture is crazy, but the things that we use to control popular culture, I think back to YOLO when that came out, that is the dumbest saying in the history of sayings, in my opinion. You only live once. But what does that really mean? Does that mean that since I'm only here one time for a short time, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine. Forget everybody else. That's, I mean, essentially. That's exactly what it is. But no other, well, let me not say that, but there are not a lot of other cultures who live that way as a as a a prominent uh, uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Man, think about this. Think about how many black people dislike Clarence Thomas. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh my God! What what has he not? I mean, just give just, the big just, one. Just just be- just the one big one. Give him the one big one. Why people of color probably don't like Clarence Thomas. So we're gonna t- are we talking about his rape allegations? That's it. Okay, I'm just okay. I didn't know if we were gonna talk about that, but. There you go. Yeah. So, well, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then that white lady he's with who has been just staunch of the side. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make, think about Clarence Thomas. Brother, may not be a brother working on our side. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right? You got Clarence Thomas. What's that other girl's name? Candace Owens. Yeah. Candace Owens yelling and screaming and doing all what she's doing dismantling a party, the Democratic Party. I guess that's what, what her goal is. Because she's like, you don't have to be black and be a Democrat. I, I get that wholeheartedly. Um, Who else is out there? Candace Owens, uh, Clarence Thomas, Ben Carson. We got Ben Carson. Now, Ben Car- everybody used to love Ben Carson until he became the hood dude, right? Yeah. Now, think about that. Because of the because of things that they've said and or done in the past, a lot of people of color don't rock with them. Right. Like, I'll be honest. I quit rocking with Ben Carson. <laughs> I quit rocking with him. I was like, man, dude didn't do no brain surgery. Because with the stuff he's doing now, no Ain't no way. Be, <laughs> there's no way a brain surgeon did that. <laughs> or or has that that mind. Right. But the but the point I'm trying to make is you take those people. Those are people who and, and this is my opinion, but I have seen lots of people not like them. Mm-hmm. And and they just kind of push them to the side and we're done with them. Nah, man. We, we can use them. They in these. You got Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. Now, let me tell you. Supreme. If every black person in America, even hating him or disliking him a lot, let's say we needed some reform. If we blew up his email and his mailbox at his at his office, even his home address, and you protest outside his house, you think he ain't gonna do something? Come on now. Yeah. Even even Candace Owens, like, yeah, she. I mean, she kind of goofy though. She is, and yeah. I understand her. I understand what she's trying to say. Like, I get her points, you know. I'm, and I'm not, and I will never. 
unless it's just absolutely absurd, I'm not. I'm never gonna discredit mm-hmm. what you're saying, mm-hmm. unless I need. Unless it needs to be discredited. Right. Let me I caveat to that. Yep, I got you. Um, but she has riled up a group of of black folks. Like, what if those black folks was like, "All right, Candace, what? This is what we need to get done. You're telling us not to rock with this group. Cool. This is what we need to get done. Can you get? Can you make group? it happen? Get it done. Yes. Can you know you what I'm saying? Like, because now she has direct access to the president mm-hmm. and the whole Republican Party. They yeah. love her. Yeah. Ben Carson, again, HUD dude right now, the, the surgeon in charge of HUD. I don't. Super weird. Yeah. It's a weird times we live mm-hmm. But you telling me if we didn't blow him up same way and made a fool out of him, I say make a fool out of him. I know what you mean. But, you know, like, Expose him and say, hey, look, this is what you need to be doing, but you're not. You don't think he'll make a move? He would have to. He, to he maintain no this position. It's, it's the same thing that I was saying about any group that was in power. Yeah. When I have power, group, individual, when I have power, I do not want to relinquish that power. And it's funny. I hear this guy all the time talk about Stephen A. Smith. And he he's a comedian, but he says Stephen A. Smith acts the way he does because he don't want to go back to them streets and have to deal with the fact that his hairline looked the way it does. You know, being funny, (laughs) but saying like, if you, if it wasn't for your money, your position, you would not be living a life that you're living right now, which is the obvious part. But what is that life affording him? If you got money, you got power, you probably got women. Mm Mm-hmm. You probably have access to things that you didn't before that you do not want to give up. Yep. And that's the challenge for me. And it's it's racial anxiety on the other side. When I see a person of color who is Candace Owens, Ben Carson, somebody yep. that you really don't know exactly what they're trying. Oprah, yep. Gail, when you don't know what they're trying to accomplish, it makes you wonder like, ooh, should I should I get behind them? And 100 percent, I really don't know what they're agenda is or what they're trying to accomplish as an individual it looks a little suspect what should i do yeah so i mean you you keep saying this about three or four times now but we live in really weird times and i think for me for joel the most important thing that we can all do right now is stop focusing on ourselves and stop focusing on the air quote enemy yeah focus on the people that you can do something for that matters. And here's the thing. In in reality, there's no enemy. The enemy is ourselves. Absolutely. Like we we literally play ourselves every day. Yes. Every every day yes. you don't help your neighbor, you're playing yourself. Yes. Preach. Every day. Preach. Now, now granted, some of these some of these people on the side of the street, they like I won't give them money because that ain't because I know one of them for a fact who lives somewhere and has a home. Mm-hmm. Like and it's just hustling, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But um, you know, if you again, if you if you're not helping your neighbor, you're playing yourself. If you're not helping your community, you're playing yourself. If you're not helping in general, you're playing yourself. Yes. Because we all in this together at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Yep. Black, white, Puerto Rican, age, whatever. We all Everything. in it together. Yep. And and on a on a larger scale, this is the funniest thing to me. Is like, if I want to be the best version of Joel that simply means everything that you just talked about I'm doing yeah because I can't be the best version of me and watch my neighbor suffer I can't be the best version of me and treat my wife like crap treat my kids like crap not take pride in the things that I do that my name is on so your profession whatever it is just do it the right way it doesn't mean you got to give them your life, you know, like a job where you're, you're an employee to somebody else. Doesn't mean you got to give them your life, but when you do something, do it with a sense of pride. Everything you do should matter because somebody is always watching. Bro. And I'm real life example. When you ride down those road, what do you see every two minutes on those road? You see, uh, Carceria or Carceria uh, yeah. e, yeah. uh, a taco shop. Yes. Every two minutes, mm-hmm. right? 
think about that's collective. All them cats that not one person owns that. That's those are groups, those are families, those are group friends. economics. That's what we need to get back to. Yes. Because I agree. If we can move like again, and I say this all move the time, like ants. We move like ants. <laughs> we can we can literally be in a better place. Yes. Have a little bit more control of our destiny. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So whew. I just I feel like I was on my soapbox. Man, I bruh, stay there as long like, as you I, want. It's just it's just crazy. I just, you know, I I, I look out and I'm like, man, if I could get this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. We could do this here, mm-hmm. and then we could expand. Boy, my mind be going. Yep, my mind, my mind be going. And and then the the old the old saying, if if was a fifth, if it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. We we surely would. <laughs> so, or what does it say? If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, the world would be a sweeter place. <laughs> So, <laughs> I ain't heard that one. You ain't heard that one? Yeah, if, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, the world would be a sweeter place. That, that's the country coming yeah. out of you. It was another one you said about something with the roosters and the chickens one day. I can't remember what it was, but it was hilarious. Oh, you, uh, if you're going to hoot with the hoot with the owls, you got to crow with the roosters. There it is. <laughs> there it is. That's old school. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what that means, that means if you're going to stay out all night, better be able to get your ass up in the morning right that's that's all that means right so anyway we run out of time anyway you got anything to say man i i miss doing this consistently yes to all the folks listening to all our listeners uh subscribers across the world because we we literally have gone to international at least at least 10 countries at least 10 internationally known my voice has been heard all around the world. Man, Even that's, in that's a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> yes. A weird thing to say. But, it, I mean, it, it's so cool, and I miss it. And I miss it because the therapy side of it. It's called Black Guy Therapy for a reason. Yes, we want to help anybody who's willing to listen, but this makes me feel so much better to get these things off of my chest. Exactly. I feel at ease when I wake up, when I go to sleep, because I said it. It's yep. out there. It's on wax. Yep. You can't take it back, now. right? It's, it's out here now. This is this is me. This is just understand. Yep. This is me. Yep, so, it's me. Yeah, we 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 international. Two, four, six, eight, uh, nine, ten. Yeah, ten countries. Then we're doing big things, I guess. See, maybe I don't know. Whatever. We're just happy to be here. <laughs> very, very. So my my final thought, um, based on the topic, my brothers and sisters, people of color, do not for one second believe that your fate is in someone else's hands whatever happens happens that's bogus you have to be intentional with what you want to accomplish you have to be intentional with the company you keep you have to be intentional with your mind with your body everything you need to be intentional with it and if you're not then you're going to be susceptible to anything literally so don't worry about the stuff you're hearing that's happening to people. Well, I'm trying to say this a different way. Be be thoughtful, be mindful of the things that are happening to other people of color. But don't get so caught up in the things that are happening to where you shut down. It only becomes about you and yours. Don't stop fighting. I feel you on that. So I'm going to say this. So I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media because again we're in a we're in a weird time right mm-hmm. now um you know people are losing their jobs and i've been seeing a lot of posts where people are just like god's got me god's got my back he gonna take care of me i'm gonna go ahead and tell you like this yeah i guess he gonna take care of you but he ain't here with you right now like on the planet so mm-hmm. um believe in yourself mm-hmm. don't again what you said don't put your hand don't it's it's, it's about you. Yeah. You can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. So I know you say God's got you, but if you don't do something, then you're going to be in the same spot that you, that you started in or ended in. Preach. So faith without uh, works. Yeah. Faith without faith without works is surely dead. Yes. So um, make sure you uh, get up, get out, get some, and get some. Preach. But anyway, <clears throat> that's all I got to say today. So, so you told me I did this last time. I do not remember. Yeah. So well, I mean, nobody heard it because I, apparently I edited it out. So <laughs> it's uh, all right. Whatever. Henry, my brother, 
Mr. Washington, this is for you. Literally. Anyway, anything else? That's it, man. All right, well, I guess we out. Peace.